Welcome to Mammal Talk, the companion podcast for the Blood Bowl Mid-Atlantic Mauling League. This week we're talking about my favorite team in Blood Bowl. We're talking about humans. Welcome to episode eight. We have a week-long break between the end of Swiss rounds in the Chaos Cup and the beginning of the semifinals. And so I thought we'd take this opportunity to talk about one of my favorite teams in the game, humans. They are jacks of all trades, masters of none. They have average positionals, average costs, average stats. They can do everything, they just don't excel at anything. And I think they're the team that beginners of Blood Bowl should start with. And in this episode, we're going to talk about why. The reason why I think humans are the team to pick up when you're new to Blood Bowl is because they do everything. They can bash, they can throw, they can defend, they can run, they can do it all. They, they don't do any of it particularly well when compared to teams that can. But because they do everything and because they do it very average, then you are forced to learn how to play all aspects of Blood Bowl. Over the course of a season, over the course of a competition, over the course of a game, a human coach will have to change both their strategies and their tactics to compensate for the opposing team's race, for the opposing team's team composition, for the opposing team's coach. Humans excel at mid-TV. They have access to skills, so about three to four Team rerolls is about where they ultimately want to end up. They almost always want an apothecary. Their positionals tend to be a little bit pricey. Um, but with that out of the way, let's talk about each of the players on a human team, and then we'll talk about human tactics and human strategies to close out the episode. First up, our human blitzers. They have a stat line of 7338. So they have 7 movement allowance, 3 strength, 3 agility, and 8 AV. This is a pretty decent stat line. Being blitzers, they also come with the block skill. Human blitzers, of course, are going to be the players that you're trying to take the hits with the most. But because human stat lines are so adequate, uh, linemen have a stat line of 6338. The Blitzers have 7-3-3-8. They come with block, of course. They can do more than take hits, or, or make hits, rather. They can be ball carriers. They can be receivers. Because they come with a, a pretty good movement of 7, and they come with the block scale out of the gate, I tend to kit them out more as hitters. And I would recommend to new coaches that Blitzers pick up guard as their first skill. Guard means that if you were to give an assist, but you were in the tackle zone of an opponent, you can still give the assist. So guard basically means you will always give a plus one assist no matter what. This is a great skill to have, of course, especially if you're going in against some higher strength players, strength four players. Guard is a great skill to have. If you're going to pick up guard, you can then also pick up mighty blow. 
Mighty Blow gives you a plus one to the armor or the injury roll. Mighty Blow is a great skill to try to take players off of the pitch. That is generally the way I like to kit out at least two of my blitzers. I like to take four blitzers generally. It depends on what I'm taking with humans, and we'll talk about that in the strategy section. But I think new coaches should probably take all four blitzers that they can. The blitzers are really a linchpin of a human team, in my opinion. You can also build a blitzer as a killer blitzer, as a, as a murder blitzer. You can pick up Mighty Blow, you can pick up Piling On, and you can pick up Frenzy. So we talk about how Mighty Blow gives you a plus one on an armor or an injury roll. Piling On lets you spend a team reroll on an armor or an injury roll. So you're getting a plus one on those rolls, and if you don't like it, you can roll one again. That's, that's a very good combination to just try to murder players and take them off the pitch. And if that's not enough, you can pick up Frenzy as well. So you get two blocks off just to make sure that you get the knockdown. Because your Blitzers have such a good stat line, because they come with block, because they're going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting, they'll be doing a lot of action, not just on offense, but on defense. That is why you really want to prioritize leveling them up. Try to get SPP on them if you can. If you can score with them, great. If not, no sweat. Get some hits in. But you really want to try to make sure you're leveling up all your blitzers to maximize their effectiveness. Human linemen. A lot of coaches neglect their linemen. For a lot of teams, they're just bad players that eat up eat up space, right? You, you can think of a necro zombie as a cheap player that is there to take marks, that is there to take hits. Human linemen are not that way. Human linemen have six movement allowance, three strength, three agility, and eight armor. That's a pretty good stat line. And they get all that for 50,000 gold. That is not expensive either. So human linemen are really, really good for their price point. And not only that, but because humans have such a wide access to skills, you can kit out linemen as you see fit. So as you start to gain an SPP, as you start to gain in TV, you can start to specialize your linemen if you wish. Any stat increase on a lineman turns them from a lineman into a solid positional. And if you get that stat increase, that's when you can start thinking about kitting them out with the skills you're looking for. In fact, you can use a lineman if he levels up and you don't get the stat increase, don't worry about it. Just wait until you get the stat increase, and then you can go after kidding him out. Otherwise, I think block is always the first pick for me. Block, again, such a great skill. It means if you roll a both down result, you don't get knocked down. So that's great. That's great on both offense and defense. That'll keep them standing when they're taking hits, and it will help them to make hits. After that, for a second skill, I tend to like picking up Kicker. Kicker is another underrated skill. Kicker means that you can localize your kick. Your kick will be more accurate than just the wild scatter kick of a, of a normal kickoff. And this means you can put that ball where you want it to be. If, they, if you're up against a bashy team, a slow team like Dwarves, you can kick that ball all the way back to the end zone, and they're going to have to spend a turn just picking up that ball and moving it up pitch. Or say they're a team that they went back deep to receive. They have nobody at midfield. You could kick shallow and pick it up with your speedy players like catchers. We'll talk about in a second with their MA of eight. You can move those in to pick up the ball on a shallow kick. So a kicker is a great skill to pick up on a lineman. 
human catchers have a stat line of 8238, so they're a little bit weaker in strength. They're a lot faster in speed. They also come with catch and dodge. Catch gives them a free reroll on catches. Dodge means that they get a free reroll on dodges, and they also treat the defender stumbles result as a push. So dodge is a great skill. These are very fast catchers, and because they have dodge, I always pick up block first as their first skill. That means they'll have block and dodge, and if you have block and dodge, that means there's only one face on a block die that will knock you down. After that, I almost always pick up sidestep as my second skill. Sidestep means instead of getting pushed back on a block, you can be pushed into any adjacent space and you as the defender will choose what that space is. So sidestep is great on both offense, offense and defense. On offense, it means you can get some extra movement out of it. On defense, it means you can reposition or protect the catcher, right? He can't be blocked, or rather you can prevent him from eating multiple blocks in a row just by sidestepping out of that out of that situation. Or you can sidestep to protect, for example, or to reposition, that is. For example, if you have a catcher making a mark, a key mark on a player, your opponent might try to block that catcher to push him out of the way. Well, if he's going to get pushed with a sidestep, you can just keep him right on that mark. So sidestep, a very good skill on both offense and defense. If you don't want to pick up sidestep, I think Dauntless is another decent pickup for a catcher. They have a strength of two. Dauntless means you on a block, you roll a D6. If your result plus your strength is equal to or greater than your opponent's strength, then the catcher will match their strength instead. Suddenly, this makes a strength two catcher a very dangerous, very threatening blocker. He can block strength three, strength four players with this Dauntless skill. Uh, so that's a good pickup for a catcher if you're going to try to kit him out instead of being a ball carrier, kit him out to be a blocker. Throwers are next on the human roster. They have a stat line of 6338, just like a lineman. They have the sure hand skill, which gives them a reroll on a pickup. It also means that the strip ball skill doesn't work. And they have the pass skill, which means they get a reroll, a free reroll on a pass. Now, human throwers are good passers, sure, but having sure hands means that they're good runners, too. And therefore, you can kit them out either way, either as an actual thrower or as a runner. As with most of the other human positionals, I think block is a very good first pickup for a thrower. And then after that, you have to decide how you want to kit out this thrower, like we talked about. Is he going to be a runner? Is he going to be a passer? If he's going to be a passer, accurate's a great pickup next. You get plus one to all passes. If he's going to be a runner, I think sure feet is a good pickup that lets you re-roll your GFIs. You can even kit out a thrower to be a defensive thrower. You could pick up fend, which means that opponents can't follow up on their blocks. Or you could even pick up leader that gives you an extra team re-roll so long as you keep that thrower on the pitch. Ogres are the last player on a human roster, and I think they are critical. Uh, lots of coaches don't like big guys. I think humans... Personally, I think humans have to have the big guy. The Ogre comes in with a stat line of 5, 5, 2, and 9. 
you need that ogre because humans don't have strength on their roster. You need a player that has strength so that they can eat hits so that other players don't have to, so that they can tie up multiple players on the pitch so that the human positionals don't have to get tied up. They can mark multiple players. They can set up pitch control. So they'll control nine squares on the pitch and you can force your opponent to react to that in the way that you want to. You can control the pitch where you want to control it with that high strength five ogre. For me, there's no question that the first skill pickup on an ogre has to be guard because that guard is making multiple marks because that ogre is exerting pitch control. Picking up guard is, is an absolute must. They have to give those assists unless they roll doubles, of course. And then I think you pick up block in that case. I think stand firm is a good second pick after guard again, because the ogre is not just for tanking hits with that high strength, but for making those multi-marks and for setting up that pitch control. So, now that we know all of the players on a human team, what tactics does a human coach need to learn? Well, quite frankly, you need to learn all of them. And that's why a lot of coaches, a lot of players of the game, will not recommend human teams to new coaches because there's so much to learn. But, to the contrary, I think that's exactly why you want to pick up a human team. So you can learn all of the tactics of Blood Bowl. You're going to need to learn to cage up. That's when you have a ball carrier, and then on each of the four diagonals to the ball carrier, there is a friendly player that's called a cage, a standard cage. And what that means is nobody can get to that ball carrier without having to risk a without having to risk two dodges often both negative two, but at least one of them would be negative two, and then has to take the block on the ball carrier with at least two assists. That's not feasible for most teams. Wood Elves, of course, are an exception. So then they have to spend a blitz to break down a corner of the cage, or they have to spend a whole turn getting marks on the cage. This means your ball carrier in a cage is almost always safe and secure, at least for a turn. You'll need to learn how to do that and how to leverage that. You'll need to learn how to open holes to move that cage down pitch. You'll need to leverage your blitzers to make important blocks, make important blitzes that open up holes in the defense so that you can funnel your players through it and then reset your cage. You'll need to learn to pass, to pass like an elf. You'll need to learn how to blitz down a player in the wide zone and move those really fast human catchers down pitch to pull opposing players off the line and defend the the receivers. They'll have to pull players back to defend those receivers. Pulling those players back means there's less players to defend against the cage, and that's the tug of war you can leverage with that with a really good passing game. You make your opponent have to decide if he's going to go be strong against the run or be strong against the pass. And whichever one he decides to go with, you can leverage your your opposing game, the running or the passing game, to its maximum advantage. On defense, you'll have to learn how to screen. You'll have to learn how to spread your defense all the way across the pitch 
to not only eat up the entire width of the pitch with your players, but also with their tackle zones to prevent players from being able to exploit a hole that they open up. On defense, you'll need to learn how to go too deep on defense, much like an Elven team where you set up columns of players one after the other, two, uh, one by two, if you think of a, a column of one player and then another behind them, so that opposing teams can't just blitz down one of the players and then immediately open up a hole down the pitch. But by doing that, by doubling up your defense, you're giving up some of the width of the pitch. And so you need to know where to put those players and where to drive your opponent. For example, you might stack your blitzers to the right side of your defense, but you're covering the left side of the pitch too deep, which incentivizes your opponent to go right. But that's where your heavy hitters are. That's where you want him to go. And that's where you can make your hits. All right. So we know all of the positions on a human team. We know that human coaches need to learn all of the tactics of Blood Bowl. What is the strategy for a human team? How do you play a human team so that you can win with them? Well, to put it simply, you need to play to your opponent's weakness. That is what humans must do to win. That is what their strategy must be. If you are against elves with their AV of seven, you want to be a bashy team. If you're against dwarves with their high AV and their bashy, bashy play with block all across their lineup, you want to back off and screen them out. If you're against a slow team, then you want to run a fast offense. If you're against a fast team, you might want to play a slower, cagey, runny offense. You have to play to your opponent's weakness. That means you need to identify what your opponent's weakness is and then play against that. That in turn means you need to know how all the other teams in Blood Bowl play. So you'll need to look at the team. And what I recommend to new coaches, to human coaches, is before your game, Take five or ten minutes and just look at your opponent's roster. Are you against Skaven? Oh no, look at those gutter runners. They have an MA of nine. They're very, very fast, but they're not very resilient. It, I'm going to have to play a bashy game. I want to take them off the pitch because they're faster than me, but I'm stronger than they are. Or if you're up against, say, Chaos, it's like, whoa, they're a lot stronger than I am. I don't want to give up these hits to them. So I want to stay away from them and I want to leverage my speed against them. I'm faster than they are. And this strategy of playing opposites is not just for the game either. You're going to need to play opposites for the entire competition you're in. You're going to need to play opposites for the entire season you're in. That means that while you're playing the opposite strategy in a game, you're going to want to kit out your team to the opposite team than the teams you're facing in the league. If you're up against a lot of brittle, fast teams, maybe you kit your team out to be the bashy team. If you're up against a lot of strong, heavy-hitting teams, maybe you kit your team out to be the agility, the speed team. That means you need to be mindful of the other teams in the league, of the other teams you're facing, and adjust accordingly. And this is why I think it's so useful to play as humans as your first team. You have no choice 
But to learn the game of Blood Bowl, to learn the tactics of Blood Bowl, to learn the strategies of Blood Bowl, to learn the rosters of Blood Bowl, that's the only way you'll be effective with humans. And if you take the time and you just look at your opponent's rosters, if you look at what your opponent's doing and you play the opposite, then you will get a handle on the game of Blood Bowl and you'll get a handle on humans. Now, that's not to say that human coaches don't have room for personality. You can kit your team out, especially at low TVs. When you're at TV 1000, you can kit that team out how you want to kit it out. And you can do this a couple of ways. Now, I always recommend an ogre. Uh, some coaches don't. I think a human team absolutely needs an ogre. You've got to have that strength on your roster. So if I make that assumption, we'll just, we'll just put that to one side. We'll say you need an ogre. Well, now you have a choice that basically comes down to your blitzers or your passing game. Do you want to invest in a thrower and some catchers or do you want to get all of your blitzers? And I don't think there's a problem with one or the other. Now, if you're a new coach, I would say go all in on the blitzers, get four blitzers. You want all of them. They're your most versatile players. So pick them up and use them to their advantage. You can you know, they all have block. You can use them as their, their stat line is decent. So you can use them as catchers if you need to. You can use them as runners as you need to. Because they all have block, you don't need to spend a level up to get that crucial block skill. So they're, they're really the stars of a human team. And if they're the stars, why not pick up all four? Then as you play over the course of a competition or a season, or a league, you can specialize them as you see fit. You can make them murder blitzers. You can make them catchers if you want. You you have lots of options, especially with four of them. You don't need four murder blitzers. So you can have a murderer, you can have a killer. Then you can go for your blocking blitzers. Then you can go for maybe an all-around blitzer. Uh, the choice is yours. If instead you want to have that passing threat, and this is what I prefer to do, you can go down two blitzers, you can pick up a passer and two catchers. And now what you have, what that does for you is you have the passer who's a great runner. Remember, he's not just a thrower, he's a great runner with those sure, that sure hand skill. Then you have the two catchers. I don't think you ever want more than two catchers. A human team can hold four. I think that's way, way, way overkill. Um, but two catchers, if you start with two catchers and you have a passer, you can, on offense, for example, you can run both catchers down pitch. Now, this is a, a little risky, especially before they pick up block. Um, but if you do that, now your opponent has to cover two catchers. He has to pull two players back and you're freeing up that much more of the pitch. You're freeing up often six spaces of width on the pitch by doing that to then run your cage down the pitch. I mean, your cage is only three spaces wide. So if you're, if you're freeing up double that space, opening a hole is often no problem. If your opponent doesn't go for that, again, they will often not go for that at the low TVs, no problem. Then you can just chuck the ball to a catcher. Just can't, he can't be too far away at, uh, in the early TVs, but so long as he's not and you have a TRR, you can chuck the ball to a catcher and then you can score. He has an MA of eight, so he can move a maximum of 10 spaces on his turn with two GFIs. Another way to run those catchers is to run them in the cage or run them close to the cage. 
So you want to try to muscle your cage down pitch. And then once you've opened up a hole or once you've opened up an opportunity to run that catcher down the pitch to try to score or to get in the scoring position, you can hand off to the catcher and the catcher can just take off. Or you can do a, a quick pass to a catcher and the catcher can just take off. That's totally fine as well. But because this passing game gives you options, it allows you to wrestle back a little momentum from your opponent. Humans react. Humans, again, humans are always playing to their opponent's opposite. They're playing to their opponent's weakness. But when you pick up two catchers and a receiver on offense, you now get to have a little bit of agency. You get to decide the momentum. Are you going to force your, your opponent to play secondaries? Or is he going to come up and try to meet you head on at your cage? And then whatever he decides, you can play the opposite. You can meet him on your terms rather than you meeting him on his. One thing to watch out for with a human roster is don't pick up skills that aren't working to your benefit. Now, you, you can say that about any team, really. But this is especially detrimental for human teams. Human teams tend to be their best around mid-TV. Once the TV of a competition or a league or a season starts to get into the high range, the human generalist approach can't really keep pace with the specialist approach of the teams that specialize. So you don't want to be wasting TV on your human team that isn't, isn't working out for you. So in other words... If you pick up another skill on, say, your Blitzer, but you can't really get... You're just picking a skill to pick a skill. Don't pick a skill. In fact, you can you can sack a player. Don't feel bad or don't be afraid to sack a player who's too expensive. Because if you're not getting anything out of that skill, you're just giving up TV to your opponent. And you want to be getting that money back in something useful which you could use in an inducement. Just the same, I would say any permanent injury on a human player, just about any injury, any loss of stat, sack the player, not really worth it at, at that point. The human stat line is nice and middle of the road, which is great, especially for the price point of, say, the lineman. But just losing one stat makes them bad. <laughs> so if you lose a stat on a human, I would say a good rule of thumb, sack them at that point. Just fire them and hire a fresh player. But that's how humans are played. They play the opposite of their opponent. They can do everything in the game of Blood Bowl, which is very fun in my opinion. You can learn the game very quickly, play one competition with humans, and you will you will learn the ins and outs of Blood Bowl very, very quickly. And they give you a lot of freedom, especially in choosing your roster on how you want to play, particularly on offense. But again, with those blitzers, those inexpensive blitzers who are really good for their price and you can get them up however you want, there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of freedom to play a human team the way you want to play it. But... The rule of thumb for humans is go after your opponent's weakness, 
make sure that you are continually doing that. You're doing that from roster creation to playing your games, your weekly games, to trying to win the competition, to trying to win the season. You're always wanting to play the opposite. Play the opposite way that your current coach is playing. Play the opposite sort of team that your current league is playing. If you can play the opposite, play the weakness of your opponents, you will come out on top as a human coach. That'll do it for this episode. You can watch the Mid-Atlantic Mauling League on Twitch at twitch.tv slash aviunit02. That's E-V-A-U-N-I-T, the letter O, the number 2. And watch archive games on YouTube at Blood Bowl M-A-M-L. You can also follow us on Twitter at Blood Bowl underscore Mammal or on Facebook at Blood Bowl Mammal. Play Blood Bowl. You can play Blood Bowl online via Blood Bowl 2 or in tabletop form via your friendly local game store. Be kind to each other, forgive everyone, praise Nuffle, and may he bless your dice.